Hello, and welcome to the Withy Window Podcast, brought to you by Covenant Coffee. The Withy Window Podcast exists to help men and women have dominion and mastery over their corner of the earth as they build godly households that are sturdy, productive, and joyful. We believe that Jesus Christ is Lord over all, and we desire to see His Word come out our fingertips. And particularly, we desire to build upon the commands of Christ by speaking specifically about the wisdom of applying those commands. Well, my name is Matt. And I'm joined here by my wife, Sarah. Today, what we'd like to do is just take a few moments to, uh, to introduce ourselves, to tell you some of our thoughts, some of our goals, just what we're hoping to accomplish, how we hope to be a blessing to other people, and, um, and so on. So uh, I guess just to begin, I'd just be a little bit about us. So Sarah, would you? Yeah, I'll start us off. We've been married going on 18 years now. We planted our church 13 years ago, and by God's grace, we're still there, and we would love to be there for um, our whole lives. And we have five beautiful children, four boys and one girl, and one on the way. Maybe a little bit about me. Um, I love to read in the quiet moments that I do get, and when I'm not able to read, I just... I enjoy taking care of my family, kind of having to be flexible with what the kids need, what hubby needs, what we've got to do for the day. So, yeah. But when I do have a moment to myself, I do like to read <laughs> and fall asleep during some movies. Mm, yes, you do that often. Yes. I often have to watch movies two or three times. Solo. <laughs> <laughs> half this time solo yes. and half the next time. Yes. Yeah, a couple of things that I, I love to do. Um, first of all, I, I love to work with my hands. I enjoy, I grew up in a household with a dad who worked a lot with his hands. And I enjoy doing, I enjoy building things um, physically and then standing back and enjoying those and uh, enjoying those things with others. Um, I also enjoy leadership. I enjoy thinking about how, how do you move someone or a group of people from A to B. And that, I mean, it could be physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. I, I enjoy the theory of it and I enjoy uh, even more so actually doing it. I enjoy being a practitioner, kind of back to working with my hands. Yeah. I like to uh, kind of be in the trenches of that, if you will. So yeah, that's a, a little bit about us. Um, next, we want to tell you a little bit of our, our heartbeat and kind of what our what our hope is and and uh, and such and so with that you know what we've noticed is that there's this um, which we think is awesome is this growing movement of people who are discovering afresh a conviction to build godly households like um, there's so many people both inside our local church that we're a part of Christ the Lord in Dayton Ohio um, and beyond that. Um, but what we've noticed along with that is that is that there is kind of a, a break in 
what is needed. Um, there's a lacking. And our hope in this podcast is to try our best to be a part of filling a need. And so let me let me talk about what I think that need is, what we think that need is. Um, you know, in the in the scriptures, you have like obeying versus commands. And and both of those, you have the what are the actual instructions of obedience? Like, what are the commands of Christ? And then how do you actually obey those? So just a few verses here. Matthew 28 talks about, and Jesus says that he has called his disciples, he has dispatched them to go make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And the ESV even talks about like how to obey all that I have commanded. And then you couple that with a passage like Deuteronomy 6, where he says to teach them as you walk along the road, as you lie down, as you wake up, as you sit at the table. And what, what, I, what we've noticed is, um, you know, when Jesus says to make disciples, there is a, uh, a lot of churches that will um, just kind of make up that road however they want to. Um, but Jesus says there's a specific way to do that. Well, it involves teaching them what I've commanded. Well, then even good, uh, I think good faithful followers of Christ will then, okay, well, discipleship looks like teaching people what, what Christ has commanded. But then often what is getting left out, I think, is the, is the how to obey all that I've commanded. And, and the reality is, is that that is supposed to be learned first, most fundamentally, uh, and most basically in the household. Um, that, that's not even, I mean, it's a part of the church. You get to like Titus 2, where the older are supposed to be instructing the younger in how to apply the commands of God, like things like, you know, Paul tells, uh, tells Titus to instruct the young boys in self-control. So like, uh, what does that look like? He's going to have to do that practically. And so, but, but Deuteronomy 6 is talking about the household. That's where we're supposed to practically teach our kids how to obey the commands of Christ. You know, household is home is home base for everyone. Mm-hmm. No matter what phase of life you're in, your household is your home, and that's what you go back to. And that is the foundation of your life. It's the foundation of your rhythms, foundation of, you know, where you, you go to work from there and you come back and you, you break bread at the table, you eat. You have mm-hmm. people over. Um, you're going in. You're going out. Um, some are in the phase of raising children. It's just so foundational. And if the household doesn't have the order, or the, or, or if they're too bogged down, they're too busy, then they they don't even have time to think about such things. At best, we go to church mm-hmm. and we learn about the gospel, the scriptures, and we do things at church or with church people, the church events, but to bring that practically home and what that looks like the day in and day out and how to make that foundation strong and energetic and have space for growth in thinking through these things mm-hmm. is, um, is foundational. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's your, the picture you're painting there, um, in the parenting class that I just started today at our church um, I know you're, you're watching kids, um, but you know Doug Wilson in his book on parenting, Standing on the Promises, talks about the household as a culture. Mm. 
that you can't get away from it. It, it is a culture. And, and the way I define like culture in the household is the truth set that you're operating off of and then how you interact with that truth set. Yeah. Culture is a great word for that. Yeah. And so every household is going to have a culture. The question is, is who is influencing that culture? And mom and dad are supposed to be the ones influencing that culture. Oh, and, yeah. And what is, mom and what is mom and dad letting influence them? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So ha- they're, they're supposed to be the gatekeepers, and particularly yes. dad. They're supposed to be the gatekeeper of what influences are affecting the culture. And then that culture is supposed to set the, the stage um, for the children to then interpret the broader culture around the world. So... In our in episode two, as we start to define like what is a household, we're going to talk more about culture and practically how do you begin to work on that culture and and set that culture. Yeah. Um, so, with that, so with this, our desire is to you know we're we're called to like what we want to do rather is to move beyond just a general understanding of the commands. Of Christ, you can find as uh, as many books as there are minutes in a day, and beyond for the general commands of Christ. But what is lacking out there is, I think, is how do you actually move from those commands into day uh, day after day practical mundane moments? And and you've heard me say in preaching many times that the battles won in the mundane moments. It's if you wait till the big events in life to learn how to apply the scriptures, like you probably are, you probably already lost that battle. Yeah, we're looking for something big, you know, some big event to to change, to finally change. <laughs> yes, yeah, to apply. No, man, it change it, it. It's the it's the way you look at your spouse. It's the short interaction with your kid on their way out the door. It's the empty feeling you feel after a moment that something didn't go the way you wanted it. Like those moments are the moments where if you can win the battle there, um, but you have to be mindful and attentive and take captive every thought, like Jesus said. And that's, that's all I'm talking. When I say the Monday moments, I'm talking about it's the, it's the take every captive thought and make it obedient to Christ. You know, here, here's an, here's an example of what we mean about moving beyond. So the, the, the scriptures tell us that we're called to subdue the earth. Like man and woman are given the mission to subdue the earth. Well, that could look like a chore chart, right? That's subduing the earth. It is, it is our little corner. It's, it's our bring, house. It's bringing some order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Out of, if you have little kids, out mm-hmm. of chaos. Because mm-hmm. right. they're not going to, their default is not into order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's into chaos. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they all identify at times as uh, velociraptors. Thank God we don't have to affirm what they identify as, um, you know, unlike what our world tells us we're we supposed to be doing. we bring them up out of that. <laughs> yeah, it's not good for us as parents to stoop to their immaturity uh, and affirm that craziness. But we're called to subdue. We're called to bring them up into maturehood, into mature men and mature women who follow the Lord. But that, that subduing the earth could also look like a husband saying to him and his wife, you know, we're, we're not going to argue. We're not going to fight. We're not going to raise our voices right now because our emotions are in control. And we're going to revisit this tomorrow or in three hours or whatever when, when everything's calmed down. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be subduing the earth. And, and so having those conversations, like, again, those are the things that 
we're supposed to learn those in the household. We're supposed to have mom and dad to, to, to show each, each child what's that look like? What does that subduing look like? And, and uh, so, so whether you had that or you didn't have that or somewhere in between. And growing up. And growing up, our hope is to inspire that, to, to teach on that. Um, we recognize this is no, um, um, what I want to say. It, it, it Cookie cutter. No, 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 no. It can't replace side-by-side, mm. hands-on um, with someone else, right. um, whether that's your parent or someone else in the church. Like Mentorship. We, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we know that, that life on life. Mm-hmm. But maybe this will inspire ideas and push people to go have those kinds of relationships and find yes. them. Um, and maybe if they can't find it, this can fill a gap in the meantime. So, um, you know, we just, we've just noticed um, a lot of people in our circles um, that did not grow up in households that were strong, sturdy, enduring, joyful. And so they didn't see it practically. They didn't see this hands-on application. They didn't get to see someone actually put it into work practically. And they need, what they need is, is for someone to take the principles and the wisdom of the scriptures and actually talk about the nitty-gritty of what that looks like. You know, someone to... Um, I've been known to say like the, the next layer down, like you just get to the next, the, the one no one wants to get to because they'll start to sound legalistic, mm, you know, yeah. don't talk down there, just give me the principles. Mm. Um, and so we're, we're going to go there. Um, that's our desire. You know, in our home we, we is not perfect, um, but we hope the lessons and things that we've learned in applying the scriptures um, will be helpful. And we also know that the scriptures transcend all of it and are in authority over all of us, regardless of our experience. You know, we... Go ahead. Go ahead. Right. And you said that, you know, this isn't to replace any in-person relationship where an older believer in the faith is is teaching the gospel, applying the gospel to a young, younger disciple that is um, a treasure in itself. But the aim of this podcast is discipleship in a way. It's mm-hmm. discipleship from a distance. Yeah. And that's okay because we pod, we're going to live in a podcast world where we're driving and, and such, and we can have nuggets of truth, and we hope to be that. Yeah, well, and, discipleship from a distance is not a, it's not even a foreign thing to the Scriptures. I mean, Paul is discipling back to these churches you know, from a distance, he's writing that back to them. Uh, that's not, that can't be the whole diet, right? But it's part of it. Right, it can be part of it. And so, you know, we take the word of God ourselves. We heed it. We treasure it, and we share how the application can look in the real daily life. Which is kind of something we've already covered. But no doings that we talk about um, can be just replicated um, at the surface level. Yeah, um, right. We talk about, you know, I've learned in a book by Douglas Wilson in Reforming Marriage, actually, where he names that you cannot replicate um, the aroma of Christ in just your doings. Mm. The aroma of Christ um, is comes from him, himself, into the person's life, and the focus has to be on the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can't have the focus on something peripheral, something good, as like the focus being a well-ordered household. Like even that aim is peripheral and 
what we need is the focus on the glory of God. And from that, Hmm. the doings will have this aroma, a sweet aroma of the Spirit, because we are aiming at the same thing that the Spirit aims in glorifying Christ. And um, so... Yeah. Well, that's that's really, really helpful, and, and I, th- I think uh, crucial that um, we're not aiming at just replicating someone else's wisdom, because that... Um, uh, I mean, I will say there's room... To, to say, well, okay, these seem like wise, good things, or these are righteous commands, so I should go do that. Um, but you can't stop there. Like, it has to be done for the glory of God. So your motive has got to catch up. Yes. And because if it's not, then you won't have the ingredients of a godly household. Right. You'll have the ingredients if you're... If it's just, uh, just works righteousness then you're just going to have a Pharisaical home. You're going to have the aroma of a Pharisee. But if you have this faithful acts coupled with the right motivation, then your household will, your culture, the culture of your household, will have the aroma of, of God, of His glory and His presence. And in, in, in His presence, you know, in Psalm uh, 19 or 20, in His presence there is joy, mm-hmm. David says. You know, and that that's, you know, in God's presence, there is peace. And we want that in our household, and we want our kids to taste that, uh, that that taste of light in the midst of a dark world. Um, and, you know, if you want kids to grow up and to keep in their soul what they learned in the home, then they need to learn... Um, not just the commands of Christ, but how to obey those, and the sweetness and the joy and the, the, the pleasantness that comes, the delight that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will, when they taste that, they will, they will want to return to something like that. Um, they will want to stay in that. Right. Um, uh, so... Um, well, let's let's talk about uh, why the name, right? Why why the name? I have told multiple people what the name, you know, the name of our of our homestead, and we'll get to that in a moment too. But and this is Withy Wendell, and I I always get like blank stares. Now now when I was talking to one of our friends about the name, um, and and he understood the reference very quickly, um, well, and even without explanation. And I asked him, like, man, what, what, do we, what do we do? He's like, you're just going to have to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, it's it's, it's we a go. wonderful, it's a story mm-hmm. that we got it from, and yeah, it's just beautiful. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, first of all, you know, we'll give credit to uh, uh, a book written by Chris Wiley or C.R. Wiley called uh, In the House of Tom Bombadil. And if you're not familiar with Tom Bombadil... Uh, he's from the story of the Lord of the Rings, um, particularly the Fellowship of the Ring from, from book number one. And in there, the, the story is what's happened is the, the hobbits have just left the Shire. So Frodo and Sam, uh, they've left the Shire, which is a, is a wonderful place. I mean, it's not perfect. Well, but it's bright and beautiful and... Green yeah. and lush and... You know, and, and hobbits are merry, and they mm-hmm. like their beer, and they're mm-hmm. just, they, they love it. And so they leave, and now they're in the midst of a lot of darkness that they've not experienced thus far. 
even to the point where the four hobbits get captured by this uh, tree called Old Man Willow. Well, as they're captured, along comes down the road carrying a, uh, a handful of water lilies, this character named Tom Bombadil, who, by the way, is not in the movie. Um, he's just in the books. And Tom Bombadil is just walking down just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's funny because he just is, um, he's just so happy. He's so content and satisfied. And he just, he, he uh, Tolkien presents him consistently throughout this part of the story as, as someone who's just singing. And he's just singing mm-hmm. these jolly songs. Um, and so he's singing as he comes down the road and he, uh, he rescues the hobbits. Well, then he takes them back. And remember, again, the setting is, is this darkness and this danger that they've not experienced before. Well, then as he is bringing them back to his house, C.R. Wiley says this of Tom. says, they stumble out of the forest and onto a lawn that swells before them. To one side, the headwaters of the Withywindle cascade over rocks and run through a narrow channel as the water reflects the light of the stars just appearing in the evening sky. Then the reader is told, the grass under their feet was smooth and short as if it had been mown or shaven. The leaves of the forest behind were clipped and trimmed as a hedge. The path was plain before them. And on a further slope, they saw the twinkling lights of a house. So you see, like Tom's house is a welcome place of rest from the dangerous world that the hobbits had just traveled through. Like that's again, that's how Wiley is, is talking about Tolkien and his language here. You know, they've stepped out of a wild, unruly place into a carefully manicured space. The place is tamed and well-ordered. Tom, and here's the picture, he clearly exercises dominion and mastery over this place. Tom is its master. And what the hobbits enjoy at this moment is Tom's, um, his space in which he is the master of. Like they enjoy not just the house, not just the the land, but all of it in his presence, and not just his presence, but the, the presence of his wife, Goldberry, as well. And so as they enter, as they walk up the hill and they enter to his house, they're introduced to Tom's wife, uh, Goldberry, as I said, who is uh, called the, the River Lady's daughter. Um, and so here, again, not only is the creation around Tom uh, blossoming, and flourishing, but he's also the master over his relationship with Goldberry. Like he's he's mm-hmm. leading in that, and, and so much so that the way Tolkien and C.R. Wiley are describing this moment, there is like harmony between Tom and his and his bride. There is an amazing aroma between the two, and 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 as you as you see it, um, the place you see it, and this is. This is where our world really, like, leads us astray. And that is, you see this harmony between Tom and Goldberry in the mundane moments, Mm -hmm. not in the sensational moments. Mm -hmm. Like, we look for, in in movies, you know, they're swept off their feet and they go live happily ever after and there's just... 
and and movies just move us for, like Hallmark movies from the from one sensational moment to the next. Yeah, they skip over the mundane moments of awkwardness, silence. <laughs> like none of that is in the movie. There's not enough time for that. No, no. And it's not enjoyable to watch. No. <laughs> well, yeah, no. I mean, if real life is just not enjoyable to watch, uh, I guess. <laughs> no, it doesn't sell. Yeah, exactly. It, it does not sell. Um, but but the way he describes this uh, this harmony in the mundane is in the routines of Tom and Goldberry. Uh, and, and Wiley describes it like this. He said, when they speak or move, they do so in concert. Um, they seem to, they, there seems to be music that only they can hear. I love that. Yeah. Like there's a song playing in their head that only they can hear. Um, I'm you know, sure that's a joy too. If you imagine a song that only the husband and wife can hear and they're moving about in harmony. Mm-hmm. It's a special song between them. Yeah. What a joy. Yeah. And, and then, again, tying that back to something we said earlier, like, the, think about the kind of culture that creates. Mm-hmm. Like, be, because, you know, a, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old may not be able to describe in words what we're talking about, but they can feel that. Mm-hmm. Like, they can sense that. Mm-hmm. Mentally, they, they, they can tell what's going on. They just don't have the words or the comprehension to, to be able to describe. But... But they know when mom and dad are at odds, and they know when mom and dad are in harmony. They can tell it. That's why they like to draw drive wedges between mom and dad when they want their way, right? Mm-hmm. Because they can tell when mom and dad are at odds uh, with each other, and they can tell though when they're in harmony. So Tolkien says, yet, yet in some fashion, uh, back to this harmony thing, they seemed to weave a single dance neither hinder, hindering the other, in and out of the room and around about the table, and with great speed, food and vessels and lights were set in order. Like, wow. So all that to say, like that's the, that's the vision. Tom, his mastery and dominion over this part of the land, his corner of the world. And then in the midst of that, if you didn't catch it, Tom's household is located at the headwaters of the Withy Window. And in January of 2023, would you... Yeah, our our family um, was just blessed with the opportunity to move um, from the suburbs to a small 10-acre farm and with a beautiful creek and a, a creek is flowing through the, our land and we hope to bring the ideals of Tom's house to our home. So we've called our home the Withywindle Homestead. Mm-hmm. And so... This podcast is simply called that, the Withy Window Podcast. <laughs> See, we want our household, uh, or we want to be a household rather, that has mastery and dominion over the little corner of the earth that God has given us. Now, now clearly we think Tom, you know, the way Tolkien is portraying Tom, that this is, he is portraying the mission that God's given all of mankind to exercise this kind of dominion and mastery. Um, we want... Uh, what God's given us, our, our plants, our beasts, our, you know, our animals, our mm-hmm. kids, our relationship uh, to be fruitful under our care. Mm-hmm. We want it to thrive. Uh, we want it to be a place of joy. We want it to be productive uh, for the good of ourselves and our neighbors, 
Uh, we want to grow kids with souls that are mature and happy in Christ. We want our, even just the the land that we bring guests over to be just a mm-hmm. breath of fresh air, yeah. of beauty. Uh, we've got a rolling hill down into some bottom land and into the trees. And yeah, to to invite them into that space of rest. And, but yet, you know, there's work to be, there's work in yeah. making all of that. Yeah, those those hedges in Tom's, uh, you know, domicile did not trim themselves. Right. <laughs> right? Yes. The path that was plain before them did not get plain before them themselves. I mean, and the Lord, it's the same thing with the Lord, or, or where uh, David says, I think it's around Psalm 17 or 18, he says that you've made my the my steps plain before me for me to place my feet on. Mm-hmm. Like, and so you see there the Lord carefully manicuring the lawn for his people to walk on. And, and that's what Tom's doing. And then what happens because the Lord does that and in his presence there is righteousness and peace and Tom in his presence there is righteousness and peace. They're coming out of this darkness into this light, into this safe place. Um, that's what we hope. And so, you know, as a husband, that means I'm I'm responsible, we believe biblically, for the whole thing. I have to have a vision that's defined by God. And then I, within that boundaries, I have my own freedom to creatively, um, uh, based on how God's gifted me and what he's, how he's gifted the families mm-hmm. given me, um, uh, to put more meat on those bones. But the bones are from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um and again, so it has to be a godly vision informed by biblical principles and wisdom. And I have to learn how to communicate that vision. And I got to communicate it over and over and over again into a five-year-old and to a seven-year-old and to an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old and, a, um, and then to my wife. And then I have to have the fortitude to lead towards that vision um, and, uh, you know, be more of a thermostat, or I'm sorry, a, uh, yeah, thermostat when I come into the house, setting the temperature than just uh, a thermometer. Um, yeah, so if I, if I think about where I'm headed on that vision, I got to come into our house ready to to make decisions in a godly way that will lead us toward that. And how helpful that is to give, you know, as a wife, to have a map and know where we're going, what it is that we're doing, what we're about, and so that I can creatively help move that mission forward. Mm-hmm. In our, you know, thinking about our family, how we have, you know, this number of kids with these personalities, we have these giftings, these limitations, and we're set in this framework that is given to us by God. And now taking that and how to be righteous, how to be focused on the glory of God, how to be joyful at mm-hmm. the work that God has given us. You know, when we're feeling maybe not joyful, we're feeling exhausted, you know, how to make um, a robust household on mission. Mm, that's right. You know, and then our kids, right? they, they've got a place, a role to play in this too. Things like chores, mm-hmm. <laughs> things like making their own lunch or feeding the animals. Uh, and, you know, Chapman might give me a hard time for overfilling the the cows. Uh, water. Uh, water. Today. <laughs> today. They had both a pond and their water uh, bottle today. So I took a picture so that, you know, Chapman could laugh at me. It's good work to bring your kids in along with you. It's mm-hmm. creating some fortitude, hardiness, Absol- <laughs> hard work. Ab- absolutely. So, well, we're, we're thankful for this time. We, we hope it'll be a blessing. Uh, we'd like to thank you for joining us this week. 
If you'd like to support this project, if you'd like to encourage us along the way, then please visit our Patreon page and become a supporter today. Now go seek God in His Word as you build your household through dominion and mastery to be joyful, sturdy, and productive. <laughs>